on the 6P podcast today, we go over the practice act from last week, looking at arguments and some of the language used, and provide some advice on how to address it. That's coming up next on the 6P's podcast. Welcome back to the 6Ps podcast, episode E today, and we're going to be looking at the practice sack from last week, and I thought we'd get started straight away by looking at the main text. With the title, Fraser Anning will soon leave Parliament, but his xenophobic message will not. And the title for me pretty clearly spells out what the contention of this article is, and the key word which I really like here is xenophobic, which has significant negative connotations to it linked with things like racism, actually a very famous word in Australian politics, um, and the reason why Pauline Hanson is always quoted with that please explain message. Underneath that, we have a bit of an explanation uh, about the article, which just says, his comments about the Christchurch victims are reprehensible. But in our country, there will always be another waiting to push discourse to its limit. And again, just extending on that contention. The word reprehensible, again, a really important word to look at. It has, again, negative connotations, suggests that no one can justify it. And again, you might suggest that that is positioning the audience very quickly to be against Fraser Running. And the use of the word our country, that inclusive language once again, to suggest that this is going to be read by Australians. Underneath that, we've got the date, which is the 16th of March, 2019. The Guardian is the publication, and Amy Remicus is the author. The article starts with an anecdote, um, and I guess I've looked at it as the first sort of seven lines or bars or paragraphs, however you want to put it, um, is essentially opening up Um, the article or the opinion piece as it is. It's got the author's name there. It is an opinion piece. Um, And initially, the first argument I found is the fact that um, Remicus condemns Fraser Running and, to a wider extent, his team of advisors as well. Again, it's the anecdote from the press conference about the media advisor who could barely contain his glee Uh, It was a far-right rally attended by Nazis. Again, some real negative connotation there. And the phrasing, nonsense-filled, the void logic and rationality had left. The idea that this news conference and this rally really lacked logic, again, positioning readers to condemn Anning as well. And the idea that Anning and his staff didn't care, a really short sentence there used, to suggest that their motives are unethical, really. It continues with, again, some really important vocabulary that I want to point out here. Words like desperate attempt, increasingly grasping attempts for infamy, blame the victims, innocent lives, white terrorist. These phrases all have really, again, negative connotations. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but that's the idea here, this first argument. Remicus is condemning Fraser Running, his ethics, his motivations, his purpose. 
And it's really important that you look at those words and quote those words. There's even a bit of a metaphor calling him like a xenophobic Icarus, that he flew too close to the sun and was burned on Friday. Um, And it finishes off with two short sentences. No one voted for him. He's not one of us. Again, inclusive short sentences just to emphasize the fact that perhaps he doesn't deserve to be in a position in Parliament. Following on from that, um, Remicus goes on, I guess, to criticize the election and the voting process, you know, but vote for him. They did, you know, more than 250,000 people did just that, in fact, with his name forming part of the One Nation Senate ticket in Queensland. And the idea that it was a twist of fate that elevated him um, after Malcolm Roberts was removed from Parliament after that Section 44 issue that came up last year where a number of senators and um, MPs um, were removed or had to recontest and denounce their citizenship. But um, the idea here that the electoral process is, is criticised comes up again suggests that if he hadn't fallen out with Hanson over Roberts that he'd be there again the idea that the election process is quite precarious. It just is a twist of fate that he's not there. Following on from that, and you've got these, I guess these views and perspectives comes up next. You know, the idea that there's always going to be another person like Anning with Anning's views. You know, there's always, in the word always, is repeated a couple of times. You know, there's always another Anning, always someone willing to vote for them. The fact that it's almost, well, the fact that um, even it's almost unstoppable. You know, there's always a media outlet willing to amplify and normalise their views. You know, there's always a debate they invited to attend in the name of false balance. Again, a bit of irony there with the word false balance. You know, the idea as well that one of the biggest massacres in history was carried out in the name of white Australia by someone who heard the same messages that we do, that really emotive language and inclusive language, the fact that, you know, the cause of this is something that we're all, we as Australians, I should say, Uh, again, in your language analysis, you want to separate yourself from the audience. So um, it was Australians who shared the same, um, I guess, perspectives that um, the terrorists did. And it goes on, and I think you'll find here the word overreaction is repeated a number of times. In fact, in mine, I've highlighted the word overreaction about four or five times. Again, there's more negative connotation than there's imagery here. You know, you know the harmless memes, the overreaction, inked on a weapon of death he deployed against innocence in a place of worship. Following that, the top of the next page then goes on to outline a bit of Anning's history. So he delivered his final solution speech. Again, that negative connotation. Um, again, the word overreaction is used. You know, two months later, the government senators voted in favour of a One Nation motion, declaring it's okay to be white. Um, the phrasing white supremacist slogan and troll chat rooms, again, that attacking tone continues throughout. And it finishes off by the idea that um, Pauline Hansen and her movement, the idea that it's a fascist mantra. 
again, that negative connotation of the word fascist. So we have a lot of words he used to once again attack Anning, to attack one nation, to attack those who voted for him. So in the middle of that second page, the next argument, I think, is a bit of a rebuttal, really. And it starts by saying critics of the outcry claim it was an overreaction. And you've got this list of individuals um, or parties um, and what they did. You know, the Nationals were forced to purge members. LNP youth arm dismissed their sudden use of the OK symbol. Conservative MPs hollered. International white nationalists were given media platforms and speaking gigs. Um, and leading politicians talk about the migration problem. Um, and this idea that there are a number of factions in political parties who are also to blame for this. And again, continuing that attacking theme. Something I think that comes up here is the use of um, quotation marks. There's two phrases that have quotation marks here. The word term, sorry, African gangs and the term migration problem. And the use of quotation marks is used clearly there to suggest that perhaps those issues aren't actually real, that they are a fabrication of these political parties. To close, it's a really fearful tone. Um, again, attacking Anning. Anning went too far, but his path was well-worn. And the idea that taxpayers are most likely to once again foot the bill if he's to attend another um, rally. Again, it evokes our outrage in, in the audience. And being taxpayers themselves, of course, we're looking at an audience here of Australians or Australian voters, to be precise. The idea that they're going to feel outraged about this. And it continues with some short sentences. There will be another outcry, louder this time, with more voices, but it won't matter. It's this sense of helplessness that is evoked within the audience here, I think, or it's an attempt to evoke a sense of helplessness here. And it closes by saying, Anning isn't an, 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 an anomaly. This word always stumps me. An anomaly anymore. The next one won't be either. Again, just repeating that idea, and it comes up a lot in this article. It's probably about the fourth or fifth time it's come up, the idea that, yeah, Anning's leaving, but the message is still going to be there. And it closes by, I guess, encouraging the audience to consider what can be done. It doesn't actually provide a solution this article it just sort of suggests that this issue of um, xenophobic messages um, is really difficult to stop and to challenge that takes care of the first article we're going to have a quick little break it is episode e we're looking at the east coast today and i've selected one of my favorite east coast bands a tribe called quest we'll be back to look at the other articles after this Diggy, he got something to say. 
I like them brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, and Haitian. Mm. Name is Fight Bull from the Zulu Nation. Told you in the jam that we could get down. Now let's knock the boots like the group H-Town. You got DVD all on your bedroom wall. But I'm above the rim and this is how I bore. A gritty little something on the New York street. This is how I represent over this here beat. Talking about you. Yo, I took you out. But seconds on my mind, broke the whole damn route. My mind was in a frenzy in a horny state. But I couldn't drop dimes cause you couldn't relate. Second text, the second, I should say, um, written text. And this comes from Samir Khan, the General Secretary. Um, I'm not going to pronounce the next part here, but it was published again on the same date. March 19, it comes from the Liverpool City Champion, which is a New South Wales local paper. So we can consider here, again, perhaps a similar audience. Um, it's an Australian audience. Perhaps it might be a bit more um, concise than that. It might be more so Sydney siders. Um, it starts, um, I guess, with a really sympathetic tone, an inclusive tone to the idea that we feel your pain and suffering, that our thoughts and prayers go out to the victims. Um, again, those negative connotations of merciless killers, again, attacks our terrorism. The first argument I have here is the very first sentence, and I think this is a really nice article in terms of arguments. There's three um, well, there's four paragraphs and there's four sort of arguments here. So the first one is the fact that they understand the pain and suffering of the victims and their families. The second one, just that first sentence, we must be vigilant at all times and we must take responsibility to report all types of extremism. The idea that that's a, that, that's a really important argument here, that individuals must accept responsibility for this and, and report it. Um, it then attacks extremism. Uh, and, and rejects the attack, really, saying that it failed miserably because it only united us, regardless of our differences, and sort of even praises a Prime Minister for denouncing Fraser Anning, um, who suggested this attack was inevitable due to Muslim migration. And you might want to link that to the first text, the idea that um, it denounces Fraser Anning and, and praises the Prime Minister for, um, I guess, his um, action in criticizing Anning. The next paragraph once again attacks Anning. So we've got that attack again. This time though, as a difference, um, rather than for his hate speech, it's for misquoting the Bible. Um, and the rebuttal here is to suggest that the Bible does not support Fraser Anning's interpretation and personal views in any form. And attacks him more clearly, calling him an embarrassment to the Christian religion, which teaches nothing but peace and love. And we'll get on to that idea about safety and love a bit later on when it comes to the cartoon. But again, that criticizing Fraser Anning and his position as a Christian is really, really important here, particularly because the terrorist attacks um, were against Muslims. And the last one, again, is that praise. I thank our Australian government, that inclusive language, you know, by taking hate speech seriously. So calling it hate speech, again, really strong connotations to that, the idea that um, it's unacceptable. And the idea here, the, the logic here to come where it says free speech is essential in our democratic society, but it must be done without spreading hate of any sort. And again, this idea that um, Khan is suggesting is that 
Fraser Running's words are unacceptable or um, reprehensible. I'm now going to move to the cartoon, and I think it's really important that you look at some of the symbols in this cartoon. There is a woman. She's wearing a hijab. to suggest that she's Muslim, and um, she's hugging another woman who is not wearing one. The quote is also really important. This is your home, and you should have been safe here. The modal verb of should represents regret or guilt. The word safe is an appeal to humanity, or I guess those human values of everyone has the right to be safe. And that sense of your home, it's inclusive. It's that sense of togetherness and community. And Ra actually linked this to the argument against extremism here through the word united us, that it united us. Um, and I think that's really important to note. So in terms of comparing these texts together, I think the tones are both quite different. I think, well, similar, I guess, to an extent that they're quite attacking, but I feel like um, it's the second text, that Khan's text, that sort of provides more logic to it, whereas the first text has more of that sense of, as I said, helplessness. Both are directed at Australians. The cartoon is directed probably more so at um, a New Zealand audience, and I think that's suggested with the fact that Ruby Jones is a Wellington-based artist and the fact that she's a New Zealander. And I think that's something you could probably suggest too. Um, both attack Anning, and you can link those up together, as well as obviously connecting the cartoon with Khan. Um, and I guess... The audience is very similar to the two written texts, both target Australian audiences. I would go with voters personally because, for the first one particularly, because there is that idea of the election process and the voting process which comes up a fair bit. Um, but both do share that same idea that they're both condemning or attacking Anning. Um, one is a bit more, uh, holds a bit more praise towards the government for their actions in denouncing him as well. So there's a little bit to play with here. The first article definitely lacks clear arguments, whereas the second written text is a bit easier. So if that's the case, as I've mentioned in the previous podcast, have a think about um, looking at it holistically and working out, okay, so what exactly they're talking about at the start, at, at the end, and maybe in the middle as well, trying to find two arguments in the middle there. But definitely that first text is um, a bit more information-based rather than argument-based. So please be aware of that. That's all we've got for episode E. We'll catch you again next time on the 6Bs podcast, reminding you that proper prior preparation prevents poor performance. Are we finished? Done. <laughs> <laughs>